Hello everyone listening at home, welcome to the Highlander cast. The 7 Point Highlander cast is the official cast of the 7 Point Highlander format. I am your first host, Sav, and with me is Vance. Hey everybody. Today we've got a special one for you. We're just going to be talking about the status of Highlander right now after two major things. One, the War of the Spark set has dropped and is live. And two, Gifts Ungiven has been depointed. So uh, to kick it off, we've got What's the Point? We're going to start off with What's the Point on Wasteland? Vance, can you tell us about Wasteland? Yeah, so this is one um, that we uh, don't think we've done yet, but our organisation could be better tonight. Minor technical difficulties, but anyway, um, <laughs> I'm I'm recording from my car in a parking lot in a crowded area in an exact forty minute gap between two appointments. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and then we had tef- technical difficulties, so we've okay. managed to work it through. <laughs> so wasteland, so, we're going to have to deal with it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, so wasteland is a land that you can sacrifice to destroy target non basic land. Um, that's everything it does. It's one point, and the reason it's one point is fundamentally about what the format's like if it's zero points. So last Nationals, that Wasteland was zero immediately before we pointed it. Of the decks in the room that weren't combo decks, all but from memory three or four people were playing it, and I think Oof. all of those three or four people were wrong. So in, in aggro decks, it's great because you just get to hit one of your opponent's early drops and hope they stumble. Uh, control decks and mid-range decks like recurring it. They like hitting utility lands. Um, tempo decks love it because it costs the opponent a pile of tempo if you do it right. Mm. Combo decks often can't fit it in because there's a limit to how many colorless land slots most combo decks can fit. Um, but even then, sometimes it, it sees some play. And it's the sort of card that some portion of the time you play it, it ends the game on turn two or three. Well, fun- functionally ends the game. Like, it doesn't actually deal in 20. You know, let- let's say you've got a hand where you've kept a two-lander, which should mostly be fine. Um, you've got, like, I don't know, a volcanic and a badlands or something. Um, you play your lands on turn two. They strip away your volcanic, cutting you off from your blue sources. You don't draw another land for two or three turns, which... You know, it's magic. This happens sometimes. Um, and the game's over. Like, your opponent's so far ahead on resources. Your ability to develop your board has been basically nil for that period. And it's uh, a pretty miserable time. We posted recently in the Facebook group the sort of broad reasons why the committee points things. And one of those reasons was... Fundamentally, we want the format to be one that people want to play. We want it to be fun. When Wasteland is doing its thing, it's not a very fun card to play against. And this is not to mention things like uh, Crucible of Worlds and Life from the Loam, which just let you destroy all your opponents' non-basics forever. (laughs) And it's such a different landscape from Legacy. I know a lot of the time people say, yeah, but you can play four Wasteland and Legacy. When you go into a format knowing that a large majority of the decks are running for Wasteland and intend to stifle and daze you out of the game, you build your deck very, very differently and play very differently. When uh, someone just misers you with a zero-point card uh, and you just get got, it doesn't really lead to a fun play experience. But interestingly, you know, when cards are pointed, they often get stronger because people don't play around them, you know? So, like... uh, 
Yeah, it's sort it's of. been it's been seen the before. Wasteland is, I, I don't think, a particularly controversial point. We recently put Strip Mine down to one as well, which is a bit more controversial because um, there's no there's no game like Wasteland is a much more interesting in inverted commas card um, than Strip Mine because you can play around it, you can you know fetch basics, you can sort of trick people into using it on the wrong land, blah blah blah. Whereas Strip Mine just destroys whatever. Um, yeah. it's just like that is gone. I don't care. Um, which can be pretty frustrating if you have been carefully playing around the wastelands and blood moons. You just go, oops, uh, I guess my only <laughs> oh, island got, got is gone. Perfect example of how a card can be the same points as another card that has a worse effect, but yet the lay of the land at the time is, hey, aggro needs some help, and uh, uh, that's why they're both at one point. Well, that was uh, What's the Point for this week. So on our menu today, we've got a delicious assortment of discussing sweet, sweet cards from War of the Spark. And we also have uh, sweet, sweet Gift Ungiven piles. So where should we begin? Should we begin with Gift Ungiven? Yeah. Uh, so Gift Ungiven, for anyone who is unaware, in the most recent points change went from one point to zero points. And our goal was to help combo decks by doing this. Uh, obviously, gift some given. control decks gift are going to play it to sometimes. Combo decks. <laughs> Sorry? I said <laughs> gifts given to combo decks. Yeah, absolutely. Some gifts were given. Um, as is our occasional want. But yeah, so how's it been going in the events you've been to? Yeah, so Gifts Ungiven has seen a lot more play, which is good. It's the kind of card that, you know, is very powerful and people don't uh, tend not to play it. And then once it gets uh, reduced in points, people sleeve it up, realize how powerful it is. And hey, in the future, maybe it does go back up to one point. But the best thing right now has been that the combo decks and hybrid decks like control decks with combo finishes mid-range decks with combo elements in them uh, have seen a lot more play especially in south australia where hybrid decks are kind of the um the place to be because they're they're flexible and can pivot um and so one of the recent events uh was the adelaide eternal highlander challenge and you can go on oz eternal you can look up all the deck stats there all the deck lists and the points and the uh, metagame breakdown but in short Combo and Ramp, which are uh, archetypes that have seen very, very little play recently and just generally deteriorating in their performance and conversion rates, uh, saw a small boost in play. Not so much that the whole meta was saturated, yep. but what they did see was a really good conversion rate. And uh, that was a really good sign that at least people are embracing Gifts Ungiven and seeing what they can do with it. Uh, the best part was that Gifts Ungiven was being used in lots of different ways. So Gifts Ungiven was being used with things like uh, Life from the Loam, A Cycling Land, Grove of the Burn Willows, Punishing Fire. Yeah. Uh, and that's a great you know, selection of four cards that you can gifts for and provides a, uh, a different take on lands decks. You know, well, lands decks tend to be kind of... it as great, but it's certainly a thing you can do. <laughs> oh, it's great! It's great when you're having fun, right? Oh and yeah, you know, when you're the one. Strip mine, yeah, wasteland, Sorry, yes. life from the loam, and <laughs> cycling land. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. um, but yeah, it's something something different, which we really haven't seen much of uh, at all when gifts and intuition were at uh, you know two points collectively. Um, the other things we've seen people do were, you know, putting gifts in twin combo decks. So, you know, they're a hybrid deck, so like a control tempo combo hybrid and being able to kind of end of turn gifts for a selection of, uh, of bits and bobs, uh, has been interesting. Uh, 
Yep. Uh, the other one was the deck that I was on, which is Replenish, and basically Gifts Ungiven and Intuition are always used to fetch the same three cards, which is Academy Rector, Cabal Therapy, and Gifts Ungiven. And that is a pile that no matter how your opponent splits it, as long as you have access to five mana when you untap, so four mana in their turn, five mana in your turn, uh, you basically just automatically get the best enchantment in your deck, which is usually Omniscience. And then Omniscience lets you hardcast for free, Cruel, Reality, and if they put, you know, something in the bin, then you can replenish back all your enchantments. So, so sorry, that was... You said the pile there was... Cabal Therapy, Academy Rector, and Gifts Ungiven. Oh, sorry. Uh, Unburial Rites. Unburial Rites. Rites. Cool, yes. Yeah. Cool. That makes far more sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you kind of have this pile that yeah, just automatically gets you the best enchantment, almost always omniscience, and almost always leads to you winning the game, but not necessarily on the spot. Like, it's a, it's a slow uh, combo deck, um, kind of like those old vintage Gifts decks. So... Uh, these are lots of different ways that Gifts has been used, and it was literally the one tournament after Gifts was depointed and War of the Spark was out. So, like, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing all the other things people do with Gifts Ungiven beyond just... Like, I think people just assume it's end of your turn, unburial rights, Grizzlebrand, go to my turn, make Grizzlebrand. Uh, that is a way that people use Gifts Ungiven for sure, and it is a way that, say, Esper Control can combo finish with. But it's actually quite boring, and I was surprised I didn't see much of that. I was surprised I saw a lot of really creative and interesting brews. So um, call out, shout out to the community, thumbs up on uh, all the Sweet Gifts brews, and also I'm really, really keen to see if anyone else sleeves up something interesting in either dedicated combo or combo hybrid decks uh, that I haven't seen yet. Uh, I'm really, really keen to see something something sweet. Yeah, sounds great. I um, unfortunately wasn't at the the one Canberra event since this has happened, but um, so I don't know if anyone's playing Gifts Ungiven there, but it sounds like that's enabling the sorts of things we were hoping would be uh, slightly better mm, um, mm. without doing anything hopelessly degenerate yet. I, mean, I do know about the Melbourne, there was a Melbourne event as well at General Games, and oh, yeah. Gene Holland uh, was running Gifts Ungiven in High Tide. So oh, yeah, there's another sweet. like, sweet combo deck just using kind of I, I don't think i've seen any one person fetch the same gifts piles across <laughs> the melbourne events adelaide events like there's just totally sweet different stuff and uh I, for sure there it, there's potential for it to be used in control decks and uh you know the best types of control decks that will use it will be those hybrid decks you know control yeah. But then have this combo finish, and you know they're not just going to get Colligan's Command, Liliana, Last Hope, Snapcaster Mage. You know, just value piles, but also something yeah. sweet. So yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, how about other cards for, uh, that have been printed in War of the Spark? Have you seen anything else sweet? Well, so there's a couple that we didn't talk about when we we're doing spoilers because, as we said in that episode, you know there was still like four or five days left of spoilers, and there was bound to be a couple of completely bonkers cards come out that we. Um, just hadn't seen yet, like hadn't been spoiled yet. Yeah. Uh, and there certainly were a couple. So the first one I want to talk about is Narset, who probably has some longer title than that, but... Uh... Oh, yeah, Parter of the Veils, also known as Narset, comma, kind of dig through time over two turns, I think that's what it's called. Well, so <laughs> Narset is in, seems to be really, really strong in uh, particularly Control Mirrors, where she's got two main functions. The first one is... 
uh, as you said, she does a like an impulse once a turn, more or less. Mm. Um, and she can only do that twice, but that's whatever. That's still pretty good. Um, the second one is she does a decent Leovold impression. She stops your opponent drawing extra cards, which is fantastic if you're in some long grindy control mirror. Um, she does gain you some card advantage. She doesn't protect you quite in the same way from various other things that target you, like duresses and whatnot. But um, she also doesn't require you to splash green. So yeah, um, as a three mana walker, she may not directly defend herself, but she seems really good in a lot of these control matchups. I agree. I'd like to sleeve her up soon, uh, maybe a next event when I'm actually running a control deck. It seems like that, you know, cool little mirror break, you know, sideboard, sideboardy card. Oh, I think um, some of the people in camera were just running her main, like... Oh, really? Oh, wow, I'm excited now. Yeah, yeah. I definitely want to sleeve that up. The other card... So one of the other cards I want to talk to is also a Planeswalker, which uh, might have been spoiled when we did our thing, and maybe I didn't read it properly, um, which is uh, Domri, uh, the angriest boy. Um, <laughs> One angry boy. Is it yeah. a three-mana Domri? Or the... Three-mana Domri. Three-mana Domri, okay. Yeah. yeah, so being three-mana is important. I think when I saw it in the spoiler, I somehow misread it as being four-mana, that his static is all your creatures get plus one, plus oh, which in an aggressive or mid-range red-green deck is often quite powerful. Like, mm. you know... On its own, a three-mana Orcish Flame is, I mean, probably quite bad, but not the worst. His minus two is Fight. He starts with three loyalty. And his plus one is, at a red or a green, creatures you cast this turn can't be counted. And these are oh, all... Oh, that's like a, yeah. That's a sweet little uh, little role player. Yeah, that's right. Th- these are all nice little packages. Like, he's an okay removal spell, because a lot of the time in the kind of decks you're going to be playing, you'll have a, you know, two-three or a three-three or whatever out that you can just eat one of their smaller creatures with. Sometimes you'll have something big and you can kill whatever. Um, he lets you attack pretty hard. And yeah, just making... Well, ramping you a tiny bit, not that relevant from a three drop, but making all your creatures uncounterable for basically the rest of the game is pretty good. Um, yeah. So, you that's know, that's, that's definitely uh, one to look at. And, and one that I... So I was posting the most recent version, well, the cards from War of the Spark that I thought uh, I might want to play, and a bunch of people were like, ah, oh, you haven't mentioned this card, and we think you're crazy, and yeah, look, probably correct. <laughs> missed it. Yeah, we missed it. Uh, the Is it a step up from the original three-mana Domri? Because the original three-mana Domri requires a lot of deck-building restrictions, is that it? Yeah, yeah. So the original three-mana Domri um, required you to have a lot of creatures, because I think its plus one was like, look at the top card, if it's mm. a creature put it in your hand sort of thing. Yeah, it's kind of like um, a Narset for creatures. Yeah, yeah. So he missed like a third of the time, um, or at least half the time, because, you know, he didn't mm. hit on lands. Um, he was also three loyalty, his minus two fought something, and an emblem which was incredible, but you just never got to it. Like, you know, minus seven, win yeah. the game, blah, blah, blah. Yep, yep. But... Um, Oh, that's sweet. Any other cards you've seen recently? Yeah, so so there's a couple, um, and these are just some from the spoiler that, uh, again, weren't out. So Oath of Kaya is one that I think is a really interesting card. So it's mm. three mana enchantment, lightning helix something, and then whenever one of your planeswalkers gets attacked, drain the opponent for two. Um, I was really, really uh, going to, I uh, was high on playing that card in my replenish deck 
because it's an enchantment. So like yeah. as an as an enchantment, you can A tutor it with enlightened tutor, B cast replenish, return it to the battlefield. And it was originally in a really controlling version, but when I went more down the combo route, I ended up cutting it. But the card looks really good. I'm thinking like Esper Walkers or something, you know, some some kind of like a three or four color Walkers deck. Yeah, and that's right. It just gains you, you know, say seven life, and uh, then they then the aggro deck go just cries. The mid range deck goes. I guess I still have to keep trying to kill your Walkers. They finally kill them, but you're on such a high life total that you're just so stable. Well, you're on a high life total, and also you've been pinging them for two every time, like in each of their attack mm. steps. Mm. Um, so the the other one I want to talk about is um, look, this card is probably bad, but it's one of those cards that's got a you know fascinatingly high upside if you can uh, get it to work properly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Command the Dreadhorde. Oh, yeah, this so, card. So Command the Dreadhorde, it's kind of like a backwards protean hulk in a way <laughs> nice <laughs> like you can't flash it out which obviously is one of the things that makes protean hulk broken but yeah so it's choose any number of target creature and or planeswalker cards in graveyards command the dreadhood deals damage to you equal to their converted mana costs put them onto the battlefield under your control so there's plenty of ways to have a graveyard that just wins the game as soon as you cast this mm. um like any of the protein hulk combos work, for instance. Do, do you know that I, I I didn't even know it targeted creatures? I've just been playing on arena so much that I just assumed that <laughs> just it just is planeswalkers. Yeah, just like eight yeah. planeswalkers or something. Um, <laughs> so creatures. Now you got my interest. Okay. <laughs> and the other thing you can do with it is because it targets both players' graveyards, um, so you get to steal all their stuff as well. Um, if you've got some way of preventing temporarily preventing damage to yourself, you just get mm. everything. Like the Wanderer or yeah, so, so that if you've got split the Wanderer second card or, or something. Or you've got Platinum Imperion in someone's mm. graveyard um, because you get it back and then it just prevents your life total from changing. Um, so look, this is pretty janky. Uh, <laughs> yes, but someone's going to build it. And it does cost six mana and, and it's a sorcery, so it's much harder to cheat on the cost than uh, uh, old mate Protean Hulk. But um, yeah, I'd be surprised if you know, it's not worth at least having a look at. It's it's hard to use, but it's doing ludicrously powerful things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Well, I'll I'll chuck out a card. Uh, the I think it's a card that we uh, mentioned in our spoiler, but I wanted to give an update on how it's been going. Uh, and I'm probably going to pair the two. So I'll pair it. I'll pair Dovin's Veto, which is. Uh, Dovin's ban, as they they call it, uh, the <laughs> the negate yeah. that is uncounterable and in S, uh, in um, uh, Azorius colors, yeah. and also the Teferi, the three mana Teferi that oh, God, stops so counter spells, you know, bounces a thing and lets uh, you wrath at the end of their you, turn. Yeah, flash in your sorcery speed stuff. Uh, so the two together. In the last, just say, two weeks or so since, um, or three weeks, depending on when this airs, uh, since the they've been released, or at least since we've been playing with them, uh, I think that finally, after a very, very long period of time, there's actually reason to be Esper uh, 
alongside being Grixis, yeah. So, like, yeah. Grixis was just correct. You know, you got Pyroblasts in your sideboard. You got Dak, Faden, Kess, you know, all these kind of sweet tools. Uh, and Esper has always just been a dog to Grixis. It's just been not particularly good. But yeah, a it's constellation... Yeah, it's definitely. Oh, absolutely. A constellation of things have happened. Uh, one, you have the mirror-breaking anti-control card in Teferi. Uh, two, you have, again... To replace your rebs when you're fighting counter battles, sure, it doesn't remove things, but very, very important to fight the counter battle. You've got the uncounterable negate in their yeah. role, in their place. And now you've got for zero points so that you can play the old Melbourne point seven point uh, <laughs> control blue cards. You have gifts ungiven for a finisher in Unburial Rights and Grizzlebrand or Unburial Rights and Elish Norn. Uh, yep. It's finally a point where you can actually sleeve up Esper and know that you're not just doing a strictly worse control deck. Well, and there have been uh, a number of other cards printed in the last year or two which help as well. Um, well, okay, the one I'm thinking of is Big Teferi, who is also a yeah. card that I think is good enough for Highlander but has just not seen its time in the sun because everyone's been playing Grixis as their control deck of choice. Um, there were actually in the, the Canberra event... Uh, on the weekend, which I couldn't make it to, um, in the top four, because it was a, I don't know, 12 or 13 players, I think, um, there was an Esper Planeswalkers deck and a five-color Planeswalkers deck. Oh, or, nice. or a four-color Planeswalkers deck. But yeah, it's... And they were both playing, you know, Narset and Little Teferi and et cetera, mm. et cetera. Um, so, yeah, that, that three-mana spot where... You know, Grixis gets access to uh, Liliana, Last Hope, and it's got Ashiok and, you know, Dak Fade, and it's got all these great three mana walkers you can fight a counter battle over on turn five. Yeah. And Esper didn't really have that. It just had the Lilianas and um, and Ashiok, but didn't have Dak Faden. So yeah. having an additional one that is like, if this resolves, it dramatically changes the landscape of your control mirror in so many ways. So they have to they have to answer it, yeah. and then you can actually untap and jam something else, or you can uh, let that counter battle go, and then use your Dovin's veto on their actual thing they're trying to resolve the next turn or whatever it is. It's so good. Yeah. So I'm really actually, liking Highlander control at the moment. Another three mana walker that um, I don't think we talked about last time, but has been seeing some play, and people have been reporting good things is uh, the new Ashiok as well. Oh yeah, I underestimated that card for sure. Yeah. Look, it. It looks fairly unassuming on the surface, but the combination of being, you know, even mind sensor plus exile your graveyard every turn, mm. like, like the actual mill four parties for most decks basically are relevant. It might be yeah. relevant in long control matches. Uh, or in, against combo decks, sometimes you mill like a key piece and then exile it. <laughs> then, yeah, but look, that, yeah. that's just random. But so it's, you can't, it's niche, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, un unless they have, uh, you know, Imperial sealed and then said go or something. That's yeah, niche. yeah, so true. <laughs> and then you find out that they put a land on top and it was a mind trick the whole time. No, anyway, um, yeah. So uh, that that's another. So there's a lot of planeswalkers. Um, oh, and that's the other spell that um, a couple of people mentioned to me is that because there's so many extra planeswalkers and a lot of people are experimenting with them, whether they'll stay in long term or not is a harder. Um, but the Elder Spell has been wrecking some people, apparently. Oh, um, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh. <Adam. laughs> Sorry? Oh, that, 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 that card just, when I saw it spoiled, I, at first I was like, this is busted, this is insane. Wow, all the Destroy the Planeswalkers. Then I went, oh, wait a second, this is just 
a really bad removal spell because you can only hit planeswalkers. Oh, this is this is terrible. I don't like this. And then I heard about people casting the new Nicol Bolas and then using the Elder spell and killing their own other janky planeswalkers to put counters on him and then immediately winning the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> there's there's some kind of combo element to this card, right? <laughs> well, and it's also just that if you're getting like you know New Teferi and Narset and Ashiok and all these sort of cheaper planeswalkers, which are filling like enchantmenty creaturey kind of roles, um, mm. and if both players have got them, sometimes you are just going to go, look, I'm going to kill three of your things. Dovin's veto your attempt to respond to it. Ultimate one of my planeswalkers, or pump one of my planeswalkers up so that I can now draw cards off Narset an additional three or four times. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of things going on with it. Um, I'm not saying you should play it main. You probably shouldn't. Um, but if you were playing black, I would strongly consider having it in your sideboard, um, particularly in like these nice early weeks player. when everyone's super excited by all the new Planeswalkers. Yeah, I think it's kind of that seasonal thing where you go, yep, I'll sleeve it up, I'll wreck some people with it, and then when people start to plan around it and realise that they're going to get blown out so they play a mixture of creatures and spell and planeswalkers rather than super friends, yeah, then yeah. they go, ah, uh, yeah, this card, we're just going to take it out of the board now because the fear of it is enough. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Another yeah. thing uh, that's interesting about three minor planeswalkers is Teferi, the three minor Teferi, I initially thought, Okay, yep, this this card is, you know, really specifically for the control mirror and uh it's okay in some, you know, mid-rangey uh matches uh and maybe against aggro and that, you know, it's just it's not great aside, aside from its control mirror perspectives. But uh against combo I'm going, "Oh, this is really bad. Oh, I don't like this." And then I realized that with the bounce, you know, bounce target whatever, yeah. You don't have to target something. You can just draw a card. Yeah. I I didn't actually know that. And that hasn't made it, you know, <laughs> busted or anything. But it, it, it changed my perspective on the card where yeah, originally I was thinking, this card is totally dead. Yeah. But then I'm like, oh, wait a second, just chuck this out. Cycle it in the matchups where tapping out the three doesn't really matter. You chuck it out, you cycle it, and uh, then you go, okay, I'll just have this effect. This effect will be in play. And whilst the effect's in play, then it'll have a minor effect on on the board if they're not a control mirror. And then later on, hey, you just draw an extra card later on. You know, like, it seems, it's actually really good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, look, I I think it's going to be a card that gets a lot of play for a pretty long time. So we've got some sweet updates from uh, recent times. Uh, I've I've got a fun little game to chuck in at the end. And... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> do you have any other uh observations of recent cards or changes uh or your local meta no i mean as i said i missed the last um event in the local meta so i'm not completely on top of it. i think um i think jacob won it with yidris but i'm not 100 percent sure um nice. so it's just been you know business as usual um but there have been some sweet cool new war of the spark cards getting played yeah yeah it's looking good uh i, I know that melbourne's doing the same thing you know there's been you know, combo decks popping up and, and doing really well, uh, like Gene Holland's list and the like. So uh, I think it's a really good time to be a Highlanderer um, and especially... Highlanderist. Uh, Highlanderist, yeah, okay, I'd do that. Um, a seven-pointer. <laughs> and uh, especially good time to be a combo player, I think. 
it's just uh it's it's definitely reinvigorated my love of of combo uh, uh away from you know tempo and control and the like because hey we've got new tools um uh, both in new cards and gifts okay so there is one thing before we uh do whatever terrifying thing you're about to do in the facebook group as i sort of passingly mentioned earlier we've posted a philosophy from the committee about why we point the cards we point it's not a strict set of rules it's more of a set of guidelines but um i'd encourage you to go and read it we'll have the links to the facebook group and so on in the uh in the end notes um and if people are interested we might do an episode about it as in the near future with uh, isaac and or mulch uh, along um just so that we can you know spend an hour talking more about some of these points that sounds like a good plan just like the pirate code, it's uh, more like guidelines anyway. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> so uh, without further ado, I'll uh, chuck you in the deep end with this game. Okay. So uh, this is this is in response to some of the fans from the uh, the uh, I can't remember what episode it was. Birthday episode. I think it was a birthday episode, and uh, Graham King asked us which segment do you wish you had on the podcast so given that we have a spare little moment here before i go off to this meeting uh i'm going to throw in the closed caption card names game oh so, god okay yeah cool the, sure Why this not? is um background for those who haven't uh, heard this before uh i often uh, watch coverage when i have the chance to and i put closed captions on because either uh, I'm on transport somewhere, or it needs to be quiet, uh, or my partner's in the room doing something else, so I'll keep it as quiet as possible. I'll just read the captions when I need to. And cap closed captions are terrible at picking up card names, because obviously, they're not real words. Sometimes, they are real words. So this game goes with me telling you about a name that came up. You have a chance to guess it, and then I'll tell everyone. And okay. the... Uh, I'm going to start with an easy one, then I've got an an advanced one, and then I've got a literally impossible one that no one will ever get. And if you get it, put it in the comments. Please tell me, because this is insane. So the first one, this is the basic one. The card name is Girl My Ganglia. So Girl My Ganglia. <laughs> what uh, does that sound like? <laughs> uh, I assume that's Gurmag Angler. You got it. Ding, 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 Gurmag Angler. So this ha happened heaps. I was just watching some legacy coverage, and they're like, oh, yep, and he summoned Girl My Ganglia, and I, I just <laughs> spit, did a spit take. And the, the funny part was the closed captions kept coming up again and again as Girl My Ganglia. Cool. <laughs> like, oh, okay, right, sure. Um, so uh, the advanced one. This one is tricky. It's real tricky. But I'll give you a hint. It is two real words so it's not like germag all right okay sure all right so rooster teeth well those are two real words they are two um, real words rooster teeth now rooster teeth. i'll i'll give you some little hints bit by bit so rooster teeth. i uh let's say player one uh cracks their rooster teeth to fetch out a uh, uh planes or a Forest. Um, Rooster teeth. Oh, uh, windswept heath. Windswept heath. <laughs> yeah. I was very surprised that the closed captions didn't just 
put windswept teeth, but they said rooster teeth. <laughs> so, well, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, teeth to teeth, I can imagine, but yeah, windswept does windswept. not sound very much like okay, rooster. rooster. Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe it's uh, American coverage. Some of them are American pronunciations, we'll assume. Uh, so, epic level. This one is just insane. So, I've put a colon in here because it's the only way I can understand what it actually means. Okay. Rule among the seas, colon, the song group. So it's a song group. It's some kind of, uh, you know, theatre show and dance. And they talk about, say, I don't know, pirate life where they rule among the seas. Hmm. Interesting. So I think I, I, I think I might actually know this one. If I say it fast enough, do you think the viewers will get it? If I said rule among the seas, the song group. I don't really know how it got here, but I assume this is <laughs> Ulamog the Ceaseless Hunger. Ding, 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 ding. You got it. <laughs> you, you got Ulamog the Ceaseless Hunger is Rule Among the Seas, the song group. So, like, uh, I, it, was, it was just the first bit is, like, Rule Among, if you just sort of run it really fast in your mouth, is like, Rule Among, Rule Among, Rule Among, Rule Among. Like, yep, close enough. makes sense. And then, you know, working out which one of the two it was was a bit of a coin flip, but ceaseless, yeah. uh, you know, whatever. The the song group. The C- yeah, okay, yeah. makes sense. <laughs> yeah, uh, I didn't think you would get that one, but you nailed it. So I think that for all of those at home, uh, Andrew Vance holds the record for <laughs> the closed caption card name game <laughs> with a perfect record. <laughs> Look, don't expect me to keep it if we try this again. Yeah, it's a bit of a challenge, but for those of you at home, if you uh, crack your rooster teeth to summon uh, Girl My Ganglia, and then the next turn you untap and rule among the ceaseless hunger, uh, the song group, I mean, the song group. You're probably going to uh, win. Yeah, you're, you you will just have the, the perfect closed caption game game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. All right, well, uh, as we said at the start, we're pretty pressed for time, so um, with that, we'll probably close out the episode one other thing i will mention is uh modern horizons spoilers start next week and also yesterday depending on whether you're me saying it now or you listening to it at some point in the future oh um, that is awesome I, I can't believe it's so soon this is this is gonna be sweet this is an insane year for highlander yeah so we'll probably uh, our next episode won't be but our episode after will probably be a um you know Modern Horizons spoilers. I expect there should be a bunch of cards that are interesting for Highlander, given that you know Highlander and Modern have power levels. Not what you would call the same, but it's not wildly different. Like, mm. um, yeah, so that should be exciting. But anyway, thanks for joining us all this episode. I, you know, was a bit terrified by Sarv's game, but we got there. We got there. <laughs> um, it resolved. Yeah. And you pass with flying colours. I think that's a 100% success rate. For so, all the times we've ever played this game, <laughs> you have the best record. Well, no, we did it last time and I was terrible at it. But uh, <laughs> if you want to uh, have a chat with us anyway, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, we're at HighlanderCast. Um, so send us any questions or feedback. We can answer you there. Um, or you can follow me directly. I am uh, Vancey and Notions. I'm probably slightly more likely to see that than the Highlander cast one, but I do check them both. Um, if you prefer Facebook, you can check out our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash HighlanderCast. Um, if you like what you hear, you can join the show's Patreon. Um, patrons get to ask us questions, request episode topics, 
um, that sort of thing. And in exchange for that, you get to give us a couple of dollars an episode and we get to uh, upgrade our gear. Once we've done that, we might, you know, look at using it for other things to uh, promote the growth of Highlander as a format. So that's over at patreon.com slash Highlandercast. Sounds um, like for less than the cost of a cup of coffee a month, you can support your local podcasters get a new microphone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at some point. Um, we'll save it, up for it eventually. It won't help when they're recording in cars, but you know. Uh, <laughs> and if you want to get more involved in the community, uh, or if you want to chat to other people who play Highlander, you can go to ozeternal.com where there's a bunch of uh, deck lists and so on. Or you can search up Seven Point Highlander on Facebook, where there's a burgeoning community of people who would love to have a chat with you about the format because they all love it. Um, and there's also a Discord, which there will be a link to in the Facebook group because there's not really an easy way to you know do that uh, mm. directly. But anyway, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, hope you enjoyed our slightly shortened episode, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening, everyone. Looking forward to seeing your sweet, sweet combo brews coming up in the coming months. See ya. Bye.